Welcome to C3 Church Central Coast Sermon Cast. We pray that you'll be inspired and impacted by this message and trust that you're better equipped to live your best life. In the final parts of three of the four Gospels, we read the last words of Jesus that he gives to the disciples before he's taken up and ascends into heaven. Of course, John, John's record is a little left field, you know, uh, and so he has a lot of great stuff. He's recorded a lot of teachings that Jesus did. But the other three, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, are more uniform in what they recorded. They're known as the synoptic gospels, as you probably know, from two Greek words meaning seeing and together. And so I want to read the passages from the end of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Matthew 28, Mark 16, and then Luke 24, and be reminded of one specific, clear thing that Jesus said. It says in Matthew 28, verse 18, Jesus came, told the disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth, therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you and be sure of this, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Mark 16, it says in verse 14, later Jesus appeared to the 11 disciples as they were eating together. (laughs) It's interesting, he says this, he rebuked them for their stubborn unbelief because they refused to believe those who had seen him after he'd been raised from the dead. These are the disciples who had heard him talk about it And yet even when he died, was raised from the dead, people told them, I don't know, I don't believe you. And so Jesus comes along and he he doesn't say, guys, hey, listen, you know, gee, a little disappointed. He says he rebuked them. Um, And so nothing wrong with a good rebuke if you know it's someone who loves you and knows what they're talking about. Jesus, in this case. And then he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. But anyone who does not believe or refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They'll cast out demons in my name. They will speak in new tongues, as we heard this morning. They'll be able to handle snakes with safety. And if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. Hurt them. And they'll be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed, as we also saw this morning. When the Lord Jesus had finished speaking with them, he was taken up into heaven and sat down in the place of honour at God's right hand. And the disciples went everywhere and preached, and the Lord worked with them, confirming what they said by many miraculous signs. How cool. And then one last passage, Luke 24. Jesus said, It was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name, to all the nations beginning in Jerusalem. And the message is, there is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. You are witnesses of all these things. And now I will send the Holy Spirit, just as my father promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. Wow. Well, of course, what I'm getting on to is the Great Commission that Jesus says to go. He commands us 
to go, to go into the world, to preach the gospel, to make disciples, to connect with people, to engage, to to reach out, to witness, to win souls, to share our faith with people. And And the reason we have to be reminded of this is that it's very easy not to go, but to stay in our comfort zone. If you're like me, it's easier sometimes to just stay back, not going out, to enjoy the community that God's given us as a church, God's people, God's family. We can just find ourselves reaching in rather than reaching out. And especially with a great building like we've just moved into. There's beautiful ambience in the courtyard. We've got a great atmosphere and anointing in our worship and meetings. We've got a sense of community that we're always aiming to build and coffee doesn't hurt. So we throw that into the mix to make that kind of happen. And, uh, and, and Scott Redman would say amen because he went for six month fast without coffee. And then last week he bouncing all over the place. He's back on. Um, and, and, you know, the building is great. It's not the church. Of course, the church is the people, the ecclesia, the called out ones. But a building can help, and it can help the church be the church, to be a home, to be ah, a haven, to be a, a safe place, a place to relax, to refresh, to recharge your batteries, to build relationships, and all that is awesome. Last weekend, I don't know about you, but I had a fantastic weekend. Easter, time off, uh, Easter eggs, family Church first service in this building, Resurrection Sunday. And then for us on Monday, we were particularly blessed because we were invited to the Cherkovs for a family feast. And these people know how to do hospitality. And so there's Tony and Tanya. And he's got the marinated lamb shushlicks on the big skewers on the barbie. And Tanya's just throwing food out of the kitchen on a regular basis. They've got all their kids, all their grandkids, extended family. For Oh, happy birthday also. We were doing birthdays, sorry, to Luba from Florida. Um, and so you thought, Luba, you were, it was all about you. It's just you're the excuse just to have another family get together. So they pick people off the street. They find out, it's your birthday. Great. Come on. It's birthday. We're having a, so, and we're there and they've got all this food and it's beautiful. And we're just saying, wow, isn't this awesome? This is what it's all about. You get your family together. You got fellowship. You got wonderful food and the food, you know, those times when you're groaning and you've eaten too much, but your taste buds say, keep going. You know, and there's a little battle going on. Your taste buds are saying, come on, come on. And then your your clever but boring part of the brain, the healthy side, says, no, guys, you've had enough. Settle down. And uh, and, and and your hand is saying, come on, make up your mind, guys, you know, because the brain's sort of, you know, conflicted, saying, yes, no, you're slapping your own hand and you want to eat, but you think you've had enough. And you, Do you know what I'm talking about? So you sit around like that. The fact is, though, as good as it is, you can't do that all the time for all kinds of reasons. If nothing else, you would run out of money and food because you've got to go out and earn some money to pay for all the food. So you have times of feasting and times of connection and relaxation and all that, but then you, what? Go to work. You get out there. And it's the same for us as Christians. We are called to both be together but also to go, to to connect and enjoy fellowship and worship and and we learn how to live our best life and part of living our best life is to connect with people in the world, to share the gospel, to not just be relaxing but working and the working 
of the Christian life, a large part of it, is to do the work of evangelism. Now, for some people it comes naturally, but not for everyone. And that's why that phrase is in the Bible, because Paul writes to Timothy. We know Timothy seems to be a kind of a timid guy, but still called into ministry. And that's okay, because we don't really just say to God, well, I'm not going to do anything for you because it doesn't suit my personality. And Paul writes to him and says, Timothy, do the work of the evangelist. And there's a charge for us all. It's on us all in our own way. You don't have to be a Billy Graham. You don't have to be, you know, Timothy was probably thinking of people like Peter, you know, oh, I'm not a great, you know, exuberant, extroverted, outgoing kind. Well, it's okay. In our own way, we can find a way to witness out to the world about what Jesus has done for us, yeah, and about our faith. And so our church as a family, as a community, it's a wonderful home. But it's also an FOB. And I hear you ask, what is an FOB? I'm glad you asked what an FOB is. I'll tell you. Because, and military people would know this, an FOB stands for Forward Operating Base. Now, of course, as you know, Hudson, my son, trained as an a, a infantry officer. He's in the Army as a lieutenant. And I've heard a lot of the military uh, instruction that he's been given. And I came across some of his notes and I thought it's such a strong parallel to the church and the calling of the church. And I'll tell you some of the things that he wrote about um, as what a forward operating base is. This is basically uh, the, the, the base that they set up to then launch attacks out into enemy territory. And this, as I said, for us... Uh, is true because we are not called to just sit in civilian territory. Uh, we are on the front lines. We've got to be ready to attack the enemy and to send out uh, parties to to do that. And so um, I've got uh, five points that are in these notes about the forward operating base that they use um, in the army to, to make an effective FOB, and they relate to the church. Listen to this. Number one, action and security. You cannot just sit inside the FOB, Ford Operating Base, and allow the enemy to get close and observe you. You must actively go outside the wire, that is their term for the perimeter, with a patrol program in order to push the enemy away. This denies the enemy's freedom of action and provides security for your troops. How cool is that? In other words, we are called to advance, not retreat, not even just hold your ground. Because any army that just sits still will be vulnerable to attack. They've got to be on the offensive. And so, you know, they even say it in sport, you know, the best defense is, is offense. And, and so you can't just hold your ground. You can't just say, oh, well, we're just going to hold church and wait till Jesus comes back and the world's terrible out there, but let's shut the doors and all just have a little party of Christian clubbing and, you know, we've got to be on the front foot, yeah? Because Jesus said the gates of hell will not prevail. Gates are defensive. So the devil is, is, is you know, holding back those that will come in and attack and even the gates cannot hold us back. So the image there is, it's not just the devil coming to attack you, you've got to go and attack him. And Jesus promised that his defences cannot stand. Up, that he, he'll put his gates up. Oh, they're coming, but we'll bust right through. And so we've got to be in um, an advance mode. 
advancing, not retreating. Uh, secondly, all-round defence and attack. Every axis of approach, that is 360 degrees, needs to be covered in some way by an observable weapon system. In other words, the unit inside an FOB needs to be able to effectively shoot in all directions. So that's obvious, but they have to set this up. So they, set the, so they can't just say, all right, we're, we're, we're all looking out there, no one will attack us there, and then get shot from behind. And so for us, I think this really speaks of reaching out to every possible people group, different areas of the society that we're in, different parts of the community, and have a broad reach and not just say, oh, well, we just can't relate to those kind of people. No, we'll have anyone. Yeah. We, you know, we're not going to be selective. We're never going to say, oh, well, you know, we, we don't want children. They're, they're noisy or, you know, we, we have no room for people with scary Haircuts, or I was going to say tattoos, but everyone's got one these days. They're not scary, you know, but back in the day. Bikies. Oh, yeah, we don't want bikies. Well, praise God, we have bikies because we've got one here, Steve, bikie, and I'm into bikes, and if you're not into bikes, well, we'll have you too, you know. <laughs> we'll pray for you, but, 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 you know, join. And, uh, so, you know what I mean? Churches sometimes say, oh, well, we're, this is our target market. We really, we're a church for this kind of demographic and all that. I think I can see some truth in that, but you want to be careful you don't get so selective. You're missing people who really need the gospel. Let's, you know, and, and James and other books of the Bible talks about that saying, you're showing favoritism. You don't care about the guy with no money, but you're making a big fuss about someone that rocks up in a fancy car and, you know, you think, oh, well, I'll look after him and he'll become a friend and he'll invite me back and give me nice, you know, shashlik or, you know, whatever. Well, you just be a friend to everyone. Like Ruth preached recently about hospitality and the Bible says you don't know who you're entertaining. Hello, you pick the poorest person you can find. They might turn around in a flash of white and then you realise, oh, what was that? And the Bible says you have entertained angels at times. So no... Um, uh, you know, um, constraints on who we're reaching. 360 degree coverage, yeah, with the gospel. Uh, number three, mutual support. One person's weapon system will not cover the entire 360 degrees of the position, rather only a portion of it. Therefore, it is very important that a commander checks that each of the positions that make up his overall defense link, sorry, overall defense link in with one another, achieving mutual support. So they're working together. And this is for us. We can all do it together. You don't have to do it on your own. And this is true, not just of soul winning, but every aspect of church life, family living. Instead of feeling upset that this didn't work out or that no one's supporting you or, you know, you communicate, you connect and you ask for help and you, and you offer help and we work together. And no one person is perfectly rounded with every aspect of personality and character so people have got rough spots and you can help them and you can forgive them for that and then come and say well look I see that you're really good at organizing stuff but people are getting blasted by your you know task orientation can I help you with a little you know softly softly people assistance and I'll just gently work with you to connect people in and you know and uh, so there's there's a a team effort, yeah? Mutual support. Number four, the use of reserve. Having every person at 100% ready is nearly impossible for more than just a few hours. People need to sleep, eat, and organize administrative issues in order to fight. 
a rotation plan is needed, IOT, in order to... Now, this is hilarious. They write this. <laughs> the Army's full of acronyms. You know, uh, they write IOT. I reckon it's nearly as quick to say in order to than IOT, but they still use IOT. You know, Hudson sometimes doesn't realise that he, he's talking on the phone, you know, weekend's coming up, I don't, and he's in Army mode. You can hear, you can hear sometimes he'll say, just a minute, give some orders. Yeah, okay, so, and then he'll speak without realising all this jargon, you know, what's your ETA on the 7427XY, you know, and basically saying you're going to the beach on Saturday, you know, but you're, you're going to kind of decipher the jargon. So anyway, a rotation plan is needed, IOT, in order to allow maximum effectiveness of soldiers. In other words, we need to be refreshed and recharged and and then run with what we have, but not running all the time so you're running on empty. And again, if you're in a ministry role in the life of the church, we've always said don't do it till you die. Pace yourself. I don't want anyone to... Where are they? Oh, they're on roster. They're on Kids Club. They're on Kids Club. They're on Kids Club. Erin's the head of the kids' ministries, and praise God she's sitting in here. Once a year, we let her in. No, 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 no. They, what, I'm joking. What I'm saying is we've always said, just, you know, once, if you're in kids or, you know, you've got to get in early to set up or something, you've got to just get life balance, you know, and it's true with your work and your family and your social connections and having some rest and relaxation, and it's the same in witnessing. You don't want to be going out just like drawn, haggard, Beating people up. G'day, you need the Lord. <laughs> You're going to, you know, turn or burn. <laughs> you know, people are like, come to church. Come like me. It's really good. It's, you know, it's just, no. You know what I mean? It's, so we've got to, ah, got to stop and breathe and relax. Not be bludgers, but just, you know, use our reserves, as they say here. Rotate. They, they have a rotation plan. And then fifthly, it talks about offensive support. Any FOB is going to be supported by an MOB, a main operating base. And as part of that, generally, air assets and or artillery, which if the FOB needs, can call in for support in the way of some larger explosives. In other words, in a military setting, you've got guys with their rifles, they've got the enemy, and they're just going out to attack, but it's not working, so then they can call in an airstrike, kaboom, you know, and, and blow them up. I'm sorry if you don't like the military analogies, but it's true. It's in the Bible. You're in the army of God. If you didn't know, you've, you've enlisted, okay? So, you know, if you're a pacifist, get over it. Read the Old Testament, you know? Uh, really, yeah. Um, you know, and just be glad you're not speaking Japanese or German um, because that's what would have happened if we were all pacifists back in World War II days. Um, so, uh, so that one, the offensive support, hey, that's called bringing in the big guns. In other words, prayer. We've got the Holy Spirit to work with us. So again, you're not just out there wearing yourself thin, doing it all on your own. You're prayerful and you're anointed and you're moving with the oil of the Holy Spirit. And so sometimes you go to witness to someone, eh, oh, it's just not happening, you know. But other times there's an opportunity, oh, what do you know? Wow, it's the oil of the Holy Spirit. And you're in the flow of the oil of the Holy Spirit. And that's, that's air support. And you've got angels and prayer power touching and softening hearts. So you're not just going out there bashing your head against a cold, hard heart. 
You're finding the soft hearts. You're sowing seeds. Maybe there is a hard heart, but there's a little crack. And so you just sow a seed there, you know. And again, you bring in the prayer support. That's cool, isn't it? Uh, I heard Joel Osteen say this on television recently. One of the biggest battles you will face in life is that of containment. The enemy cannot take back ground that you've gained, but he'll work at stopping you from moving forward. His goal, the enemy, the devil, is to convince you to settle where you are. And that's so true of many aspects of life. He can't necessarily take back everything, but he can stop you getting more and growing with that vision, that dream, that improvement in in many areas, and especially in soul winning. He wants you to just have your little Christian club. Just get your Christian fix, your little experience on Sunday. Keep it to yourself and just keep your head down so the devil doesn't, you know, kind of upset your life. And then hopefully you'll make it through to Connect Group uh, or next Sunday. You know, get a little recharge. All right, well, just keep it to yourselves and I won't give you too much trouble. But that's not how it works. We don't want to be bunkered down, yeah? We are called to look outward, not just inward. And so we need to send out the troops. We've got to engage out on the battlefield. And um, you've heard it said, excuse me, that the church cannot afford to have a spider mentality. You've heard that expression? In other words, just sitting around like a web waiting to see who we can catch. And it's true because you can have the best music, the nicest building, the best you know, coffee, sweetest, friendly people, but uh, it's no good if people don't get invited or people don't even get compelled, as the Bible talks about, to come in and meet the people and experience the music and the anointing. I saw a TV show for a while, uh, a series made in the UK, one of these reality TV shows, and they brought in a business consultant, um, Risking It All, I think it might have been called, and... Um, uh, he was an expert in mainly retail businesses and invariably there were the same issues and he always had the same kind of answers uh, in different scenarios. So they're mainly retail people, it might have been a restaurant or a gift shop, bookshop or something and uh, and the, the problems were always the same and they were twofold. The first part of it was that they weren't on to their um, finances and he'd say, what are your books, what are your outgoings? What what is your staff cost? What do you, and they'll be like, oh, I think it's about. What do you mean you think? Show me the books. Whoa, you're three months behind. You got no idea. You, your outlays more than your income, and and so he'd get them to tighten up on their budget and their books, and realise where is the money going, and that would explain why they weren't making a profit. You know, and this was a problem solving kind of scenario. But the other key thing that invariably they weren't doing was getting out amongst the people. They had set up shop. And they had this lovely store, a lovely restaurant, nice food, all ready to go. And no one was coming in. And they weren't doing anything about it. And he was telling them, you're going to die. The business is going to grind down and die. You've got to get out of your comfort zone. And so they weren't always you know, outgoing people. But he'd make them go out on the high street, as they call it, the main street in England. And they'd have balloons or a special, you know, restaurant night or a program and flyers and they'd be kind of getting out and selling their wares and telling people about what they're on about and then sure enough the business would turn around and then they'd do the final thing you know three months later business is booming and you know John is actually enjoying getting out and goes once a week out on the street and invites and you know and it was always the same thing 
to turn it around and to make it thrive, it was getting amongst the people. And churches, if we're not careful, can be just that kind of, we'll hold back and just hope people find out somehow about what we're doing. But we've got to be on the front foot. Amen? And so let's obey God's call to go. Let's enjoy the fellowship, enjoy the ambience and the and the coffee and the did I mention the coffee? You know, the uh, and and the food. Did I mention the food and uh, and all that? But let's also take up arms, yeah, and uh, and go. And of course, we we reach out. We we do a few things. We pray. We connect. We we walk across the room. We walk over bridges. We build bridges. We build relationships. So we we ask questions. We engage. We get to know people, right? And then we look for opportunities to share something. We share our faith. We're bold, but we're not insensitive. Yeah? And so we get a balance. We share something about our story, about what God has done to us. And then, of course, we invite. We always give them an opportunity to hear the gospel, to respond to the gospel. And we have, like next week, we have a guest speaker. And he's got a great prophetic gift and a really great, well-known preacher and all that. But at any opportunity, in any meeting, whether it's a connect group or a Sunday meeting or even a kids club, play group kind of thing, they can find out more about what we're really on about. Yeah, And so let's pray and work towards that uh, and get out of our comfort zone and... And, uh, and, and witness for, for Jesus. Amen? All right, let's pray. Praise the Lord. Well, as I said, we always give people an opportunity to respond to, to the good news about Jesus, of Jesus. And, uh, we, we read about it in the concluding chapters of the Gospels. And then in the final parts of three of the four Gospels, we read the last words of Jesus that he gives to the disciples before he's taken up and ascends into heaven. Of course, John, John's record is a little left field. you know, uh, And so he has a lot of great stuff. He's recorded a lot of teachings that Jesus did. But the other three, Matthew, Mark and Luke, are more uniform in what they recorded. They're known as the synoptic gospels, as you probably know, from two Greek words meaning seeing and together. And so I want to read the passages from the end of Matthew, Mark and Luke. Matthew 28, Mark 16, and then Luke 24. And be reminded of one specific clear thing that Jesus said. It says in Matthew 28 verse 18, Jesus came, told the disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth, therefore... Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you and be sure of this, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Mark 16, it says in verse 14, Later Jesus appeared to the eleven disciples as they were eating together. It's interesting, he says this, he rebuked them for their stubborn unbelief because they refused to believe those who had seen him after he'd been raised from the dead. These are the disciples who had heard him talk about it and yet even when he died, was raised from the dead, people told them, oh, I don't know, I don't believe you. Know? And so Jesus comes along and he, and he doesn't say, guys, hey, listen, you know, gee, a little disappointed. He says he rebuked them. 
Um, and so nothing wrong with a good rebuke if you know it's someone who loves you and knows what they're talking about. Jesus, in this case. And then he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. But anyone who does not believe or refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They'll cast out demons in my name. They will speak in new tongues, as we heard this morning. They'll be able to handle snakes with safety. And if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. Hurt them. And they'll be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed, as we also saw this morning. When the Lord Jesus had finished speaking with them, he was taken up into heaven. And sat down in the place of honour at God's right hand. And the disciples went everywhere and preached. And the Lord worked with them, confirming what they said by many miraculous signs. How cool. And then one last passage, Luke 24. Jesus said, It was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name, to all the nations beginning in Jerusalem. And the message is, there is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. You are witnesses of all these things. And now I will send the Holy Spirit, just as my father promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. Wow. Well, of course, what I'm getting on to is the Great Commission that Jesus says to go. He commands us to go, to go into the world, to preach the gospel, to make disciples, to connect with people, to engage, to to reach out, to witness, to win souls, to share our faith with people. And And the reason we have to be reminded of this is that it's very easy not to go, but to stay in our comfort zone. If you're like me, it's easier sometimes to just stay back, not going out, to enjoy the community that God's given us as a church, God's people, God's family. We can just find ourselves reaching in rather than reaching out. And especially with a great building like we've just moved into. There's beautiful ambience in the courtyard. We've got a great atmosphere and anointing in our worship and meetings. We've got a sense of community that we're always aiming to build and coffee doesn't hurt. So we throw that into the mix to make that kind of happen. And, uh, and, and Scott Redman would say amen because he went for six month fast without coffee. And then last week he bouncing all over the place. He's back on. Um, and, and, you know, the building is great. It's not the church. Of course, the church is the people, the ecclesia, the called out ones, but a building can help and it can help the church be the church, to be a home, to be ah, a haven, to be a, a safe place, a place to relax, to refresh, to recharge your batteries, to build relationships. And all that is awesome. Last weekend, I don't know about you, but I had a fantastic weekend. Easter, time off, uh, Easter eggs, family Church, first service in this building, Resurrection Sunday. And then for us on Monday, we were particularly blessed because we were invited to the Cherkovs for a family feast. And these people know how to do hospitality. And so there's Tony and Tanya. And he's got the marinated lamb shushlicks on the big skewers on the barbie. And Tanya's just throwing food out of the kitchen on a regular basis. They've got all their kids, all their grandkids, extended family. For, oh, happy birthday also 
we were doing birthdays, sorry, to Luba from Florida. Um, and so you thought, it, Luba, you were, it was all about you. It was just you're the excuse just to have another family get together. So they, they pick people off the street. They find out, it's your birthday, great, come on, it's birthday, we're having a... So, and we're there and they've got all this food and it's beautiful. And we're just saying, wow, isn't this awesome? This is what it's all about. You get your family together, you got fellowship, you got wonderful food. And the food, you know those times when you're groaning and you've eaten too much, but your taste buds say, keep going? You know, and there's a little battle going on. Your taste buds are saying, come on, come on. And then your, your clever but boring part of the brain, the healthy side, says, no, guys, you've had enough. Settle down. And, uh, and, and, and your hand is saying, come on, make up your mind, guys. You know, because the brain's sort of, you know, conflicted, saying, yes, no. You're slapping your own hand and you want to eat, but you think you've had enough. And you, do you know what I'm talking about? So you sit around like that. The fact is, though, as good as it is, you can't do that all the time for all kinds of reasons. If nothing else, you would run out of money and food because you've got to go out and earn some money to pay for all the food. So you have times of feasting and times of connection and relaxation and all that, but then you, what? Go to work. You get out there. And it's the same for us as Christians. We are called to both be together but also to go, to to connect and enjoy fellowship and worship and, and we learn how to live our best life and part of living our best life is to connect with people in the world, to share the gospel, to not just be relaxing but working. And the working of the Christian life, a large part of it, is to do the work of evangelism. Now, for some people it comes naturally. But not for everyone. And that's why that phrase is in the Bible, because Paul writes to Timothy. We know Timothy seems to be a kind of a timid guy, but still called into ministry. And that's okay, because we don't really just say to God, well, I'm not going to do anything for you because it doesn't suit my personality. And Paul writes to him and says, Timothy, do the work of the evangelist. And there's a charge for us all. It's on us all in our own way. You don't have to be a Billy Graham. You don't have to be, you know, Timothy was probably thinking of people like Peter. You know, oh, I'm not a great, you know, exuberant, extroverted, outgoing kind. Well, it's okay. In our own way, we can find a way to witness out to the world about what Jesus has done for us, yeah, and about our faith. And so our church as a family, as a community, it's a wonderful home. But it's also an FOB. And I hear you ask, what is an FOB? I'm glad you asked what an FOB is. I'll tell you. Because, and military people would know this, an FOB stands for Forward Operating Base. Now, of course, as you know, Hudson, my son, trained as an infantry officer. He's in the Army as a lieutenant. And I've heard a lot of the military uh, instruction that he's been given. And I came across some of his notes. And I thought, it's such a strong parallel to the church and the calling of the church. And I'll tell you some of the things that he wrote about um, as what a forward operating base is. This is basically uh, the, the, the base that they set up to then launch attacks out into enemy territory. And this, as I said, for us uh, is true because we are not called to just sit in civilian territory. Uh, we are on the front lines. We've got to be ready to attack the enemy and to send out uh, parties to, to do that. And so um, 
I've got uh, five points that are in these notes about the Ford operating base that they use um, in the army to, to make an effective FOB, and they relate to the church. Listen to this. Number one, action and security. You cannot just sit inside the FOB, Ford operating base, and allow the enemy to get close and observe you. You must actively go outside the wire, that is their term for the perimeter, with a patrol program in order to push the enemy away. This denies the enemy's freedom of action and provides security for your troops. How cool is that? In other words, we are called to advance, not retreat, not even just hold your ground. Because any army that just sits still will be vulnerable to attack. They've got to be on the offensive. And so, you know, they even say it in sport, you know, the best defense is, is offense. And, and so you can't just hold your ground. You can't just say, oh, well, we're just going to hold church and wait till Jesus comes back and the world's terrible out there, but let's shut the doors and all just have a little party of Christian clubbing and, you know, we've got to be on the front foot. Yeah? Because Jesus said the gates of hell will not prevail. Gates are defensive. So the devil is, 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 you know, holding back those that will come in and attack. And even the gates cannot hold us back. So the image there is, it's not just the devil coming to attack you. You've got to go and attack him. And Jesus promised that his defenses cannot stand up, that he, he'll put his gates up. Oh, they're coming, but we'll bust right through. And so we've got to be in um, an advance mode, advancing, not retreating. Uh, secondly, all-round defense and attack. Every axis of approach, that is 360 degrees, needs to be covered in some way by an observable weapon system. In other words, the unit inside an FOB needs to be able to effectively shoot in all directions. So that's obvious, but they have to set this up. So they set the, so they can't just say, all right, we're, we're, we're all looking out there, no one will attack us there, and then get shot from behind. And so for us, I think this really speaks of reaching out to every possible people group, different areas of the society that we're in, different parts of the community, and have a broad reach and not just say, oh, well, we just can't relate to those kind of people. No, we'll have anyone. We're, you know, we're not going to be selective. We're never going to say, oh, well, you know, we, we don't want children. They're, they're noisy or, you know, we, we have no room for people with scary Haircuts, or I was going to say tattoos, but everyone's got one these days. They're not scary, you know, but back in the day. Bikies. Oh, yeah, we don't want bikies. Well, praise God, we have bikies because we've got one here, Steve, bikie, and I'm into bikes, and if you're not into bikes, well, we'll have you too, you know. <laughs> we'll pray for you, but, 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 you know, join. And, uh, so, you know what I mean? Churches sometimes say, oh, well, we're, this is our target market. We really, we're a church for this kind of demographic and all that. I think I can see some truth in that, but you want to be careful you don't get so selective. You're missing people who really need the gospel. Let's, you know, and, and James and other books of the Bible talks about that saying, you're showing favoritism. You don't care about the guy with no money, but you're making a big fuss about someone that rocks up in a fancy car and, you know, you think, oh, well, I'll look after him and he'll become a friend and he'll invite me back and give me nice, you know, shashlik or, you know, whatever. Well, you just be a friend to everyone. Like Ruth preached recently about hospitality and the Bible says you don't know who you're entertaining. Hello, you pick the poorest person you can find, they might turn around in a flash of white and then you realise, oh, what was that? And the Bible says you have entertained angels at times. So no... Um, uh, 
you know, um, constraints on who we're reaching. 360 degree coverage, yeah, with the gospel. Uh, number three, mutual support. One person's weapon system will not cover the entire 360 degrees of the position, rather only a portion of it. Therefore, it is very important that a commander checks that each of the positions that make up his overall defense link, sorry, overall defense link in with one another, achieving mutual support. So they're working together. And this is for us. We can all do it together. You don't have to do it on your own. And this is true, not just of soul winning, but every aspect of church life, family living. Instead of feeling upset that this didn't work out or that no one's supporting you, or you, know, you communicate, you connect, and you ask for help, and you, and you offer help, and we work together. And no one person is perfectly rounded with every aspect of personality and character. So people have got rough spots and you can help them and you can forgive them for that and then come in and say, well, look, I see that you're really good at organising stuff, but people are getting blasted by your, you know, task orientation. Can I help you with a little, you know, softly, softly people assistance and I'll just gently work with you to connect people in and, you know, and uh, so there's, there's a a team effort, yeah? Mutual support. Number four, the use of reserve. Having every person at 100% ready is nearly impossible for more than just a few hours. People need to sleep, eat, and organize administrative issues in order to fight. A rotation plan is needed, IOT, in order to... Now, this is hilarious. They write this. The army's full of acronyms. You know, uh, they write IOT. I reckon it's nearly as quick to say in order to than IOT, but they still use IOT. You know, Hudson sometimes doesn't realise that he, he's talking on the phone, you know, weekend's coming up, I don't, and he's in army mode. You can hear, you can hear sometimes he'll say, just a minute, give some orders. Yeah, okay, so, and then he'll speak without realising all this jargon, you know, what's your ETA on the 7427XY, you know, and basically saying you're going to the beach on Saturday, you know, but you're, you're going, to, going to decipher the jargon. So anyway, a rotation plan is needed, IOT, in order to allow maximum effectiveness of soldiers. In other words, we need to be refreshed and recharged and and then run with what we have, but not running all the time so you're running on empty. And again, if you're in a ministry role in the life of the church, we've always said don't do it till you die. Pace yourself. I don't want anyone to... Where are they? Oh, they're on roster. They're on Kids Club. They're on Kids Club. They're on Kids Club. Erin's the head of the kids' ministries, and praise God she's sitting in here. Once a year, we let her in. No, 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 no. That, what, I'm joking. What I'm saying is we've always said just, you know, once if you're in kids or, you know, you've got to get in early to set up or something, you've got to just get life balance, you know, and it's true with your work and your family and your social connections and having some rest and relaxation, and it's the same in witnessing. You don't want to be going out just like drawn, haggard, Beating people up. day, you need the Lord. <laughs> You're going to, you know, turn or burn. <laughs> you know, people are like, come to church. Become like me. It's really good. It's, you know, it's just, no. You know what I mean? It's, so we've got to, ah, got to stop and breathe and relax. Not be bludgers, but just, you know, use our reserves, as they say here. Rotate. They, 
They have a rotation plan. And then fifthly, it talks about offensive support. Any FOB is going to be supported by an MOB, a main operating base. And as part of that, generally, air assets and or artillery, which if the FOB needs, can call in for support in the way of some larger explosives. In other words, in a military setting, you've got guys with their rifles, they've got the enemy, and they're just going out to attack, but it's not working, so then they can call in an airstrike, kaboom, you know, and, and blow them up. I'm sorry if you don't like the military analogies, but it's true. It's in the Bible. You're in the army of God. If you didn't know, you've, you've enlisted, okay? So, you know, if you're pacifist, get over it. Read the Old Testament, you know? Uh, really, yeah. Um, you know, and just be glad you're not speaking Japanese or German um, because that's what would have happened if we were all pacifists back in World War II days. Um, so, uh, so that one, the offensive support, hey, that's called bringing in the big guns. In other words, prayer. We've got the Holy Spirit to work with us. So again, you're not just out there wearing yourself thin, doing it all on your own. You're prayerful and you're anointed and you're moving with the oil of the Holy Spirit. And so sometimes you go to witness to someone, eh, oh, it's just not happening, you know. But other times there's an opportunity, oh, what do you know? Wow, it's the oil of the Holy Spirit. And you're in the flow of the oil of the Holy Spirit. And that's, that's air support. And you've got angels and prayer power touching and softening hearts. So you're not just going out there bashing your head against a cold, hard heart. You're finding the soft hearts. You're sowing seeds. Maybe there is a hard heart, but there's a little crack. And so you just sow a seed there, you know. And again, you bring in the prayer support. That's cool, isn't it? Uh, I heard Joel Osteen say this on television recently. One of the biggest battles you will face in life is that of containment. The enemy cannot take back ground that you've gained, but he'll work at stopping you from moving forward. His goal, the enemy, the devil, is to convince you to settle where you are. And that's so true of many aspects of life. He can't necessarily take back everything, but he can stop you getting more and growing with that vision, that dream, that improvement in, in many areas, and especially in soul winning. He wants you to just have your little Christian club. Just get your Christian fix, your little experience on Sunday. Keep it to yourself. And just keep your head down so the devil doesn't, you know, kind of upset your life. And then hopefully you'll make it through oh, to Connect Group uh, or next Sunday. You know, get a little recharge. All right, well, just keep it to yourselves and I won't give you too much trouble. But that's not how it works. We don't want to be bunkered down, yeah? We are called to look outward, not just inward. And so we need to send out the troops. We've got to engage out on the battlefield. And um, you've heard it said, excuse me that the church cannot afford to have a spider mentality. You've heard that expression? In other words, just sitting around like a web waiting to see who we can catch. And it's true because you can have the best music, the nicest building, the best you know, coffee, sweetest friendly people, but uh, it's no good if people don't get invited or people don't even get compelled, as the Bible talks about, to come in and meet the people and experience the music and the anointing. I saw a TV show for a while, uh, a series made in the UK, one of these reality TV shows, and they brought in a business consultant, um, Risking It All, I think it might have been called. And um, 
he was an expert in mainly retail businesses, and invariably there were the same issues, and he always had the same kind of answers uh, in different scenarios. So they're mainly retail people. It might have been a restaurant or a gift shop, bookshop or something, and uh, and the the problems were always the same, and they were twofold. The first part of it was that they weren't on to their um, finances. And he'd say, what are your books? What are your outgoings? What, what is your staff costs? What are you? And they'd be like, oh, I think it's about, what do you mean you think? Show me your books. Whoa, you're three months behind. You've got no idea. You, your outlays more than your income. And, and so he'd get them to tighten up on their budget and their books and realize where is the money going? And that would explain why they weren't making a profit. You know, and this was a problem-solving kind of scenario. But the other key thing that invariably they weren't doing was getting out amongst the people. They had set up shop and they had this lovely store, a lovely restaurant, nice food, all ready to go, and no one was coming in, and they weren't doing anything about it. And he was telling them, you're going to die. The business is going to grind down and die. You've got to get out of your comfort zone. And so they weren't always you know, outgoing people, but he'd make them go out on the high street, as they call it, the main street in England, and they'd have balloons or a special, you know, restaurant night or a program and flyers and they'd be kind of getting out and selling their wares and telling people about what they're on about and then sure enough the business would turn around and then they'd do the final thing you know three months later business is booming and you know john is actually enjoying getting out and goes once a week out on the street and invites and you know and it was always the same thing to turn it around and to make it thrive it was getting amongst the people and churches, if we're not careful, can be just that kind of, we'll hold back and just hope people find out somehow about what we're doing. But we've got to be on the front foot. Amen? And so let's obey God's call to go. Let's enjoy the fellowship, enjoy the ambience and the, and the coffee and the, did I mention the coffee? You know, the, uh, and, and the food. Did I mention the food and, uh, and all that? But let's also, Take up arms, yeah, and uh, and go. And of course, we we reach out. We we do a few things. We pray. We connect. We we walk across the room. We walk over bridges. We build bridges. We build relationships. So we we ask questions. We engage. We get to know people, right? And then we look for opportunities to share something. We share our faith. We're bold, but we're not insensitive. Yeah, And so we get a balance. We share something about our story, about what God has done to us. And then, of course, we invite. We always give them an opportunity to hear the gospel, to respond to the gospel. And we have, like next week, we have a guest speaker. And he's got a great prophetic gift and a really great, well-known preacher and all that. But at any opportunity, in any meeting, whether it's a connect group or a Sunday meeting or even a kids club, play group kind of thing, they can find out more about what we're really on about. Yeah? And so let's pray and work towards that uh, and get out of our comfort zone and, and, uh, and, and witness for, for Jesus. Amen? We hope you enjoyed this message and feel challenged and encouraged. Please let others know about our podcast so they too can learn, live their best life. You can find out more about our church and ministries at c3cc.org.au. See you next time. God bless.